All right, I guess you heard. My name's Jim. I'm glad to be here. I hope you're glad to, you're here. I'm really glad you're here. We are starting a new series today that I'm really excited about. I can't even tell you how excited I am, but I'm going to ask a question to get you thinking. If you were in my shoes, now try not to get kind of nervous, all right? If you were in my shoes as a leader of this church, and you wanted to prepare our church for a move of God, how would you do it? What would you do? If you were in my shoes and you wanted to prepare our church for a move of God, how would you do it and what would you do? This prayer challenge series is my uh, small effort, might be the wrong word, uh, my conviction that this is the direction that we need to go as a church because I'm convinced that God is on the move. He's got a movement planned. He's moving through us. He's going to impact our community in powerful ways. He's going to impact each one of us in a powerful way. And I'm really, really excited about this series that is going to be throughout this month, so four sessions together. And we have printed out a, a prayer challenge packet uh, for everybody that wants one to pick up on your way out today. And I want to tell you a little bit about it. Um, back in December, I began to prepare for this series. And in that preparation process, one of the uh, books that I was studying and reading, uh, the author John Eldridge, was, who wrote a book, Moving Mountains, um, was talking about prayer. And he had a number of prayers in there that uh, he actually called, you know, a battle prayer, a prayer for your household, a daily prayer. And he would read these different prayers. And I'm an, a big audio book fan. Uh, almost every time when I'm going through a book, I'll go through the audible <laughs> first. And after I get through the audible, um, version of the book, I might decide, this is something I want to dive in deeper and more detailed, and then I'll get the uh, Kindle version and then uh, slow it down. This book I did that with. I was out working in the yard listening to uh, the reader of the book, which happened in this case to be the author himself, and he began to uh, pray some of the prayers that he included in the book as he's teaching about prayer. And I had to stop, because it just hit me. Um, very powerfully, I kind of felt like my prayer life is like a kindergarten version of a prayer life. And I just really felt like I needed to elevate my prayer life to a, a higher impacting prayer life. And so I began to uh, get his daily prayer. I got it in a digital format, and then I began to modify it to make it more like my own and then I kept modifying and modifying. I've been modifying for five months. Um, but I included the, my daily prayer in this prayer packet. Uh, if you'd like to grab it um, on your way out today across the hall at the information table, we call it Connection Central, there will be that version of the prayer. If you're like me, though, you will want the digital version, and you'll want to modify it as well so that it fits you uh, and you can add the specifics, you know, the, your prayer list right to the prayer and make that a part of your praying. Now, just a little bit about me. I was never into reading prayers, okay? That's, I always thought that prayer is something that comes from your heart and it doesn't really matter about the words. You just 
pray spontaneously in your real relationship with God, and that's prayer, and that's true. But I want to tell you, I've been praying this daily prayer for five months, and there's nothing that I've ever done before that has impacted me to the degree that this has in my spiritual walk with God. Um, there has been a dramatic shift inside, and it is growing day by day and layer by layer, and I just want to challenge you to consider it. Um, as a sample, um, I would like to ask you to close your eyes and join me with, in prayer. I'm going to just read a portion uh, as a sample of this prayer, and then we'll get going in the message. My dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now to be restored in you, renewed in you, to receive your life and love and all the grace and mercy I so desperately need today. I honor you as my Lord and I surrender every aspect and dimension of my life to you. I give you my heart and will, body and soul, thoughts, words, and actions. I'm fully covered by the victory of your sacrifice purifying me and your resurrection giving me life. Restore me now in your Holy Spirit. Renew me in you and lead this time of prayer. Holy God, victorious Father, Son, and Spirit, you alone are worthy of all my worship, all my heart's devotion, all my praise, all my trust, and every breath of my life's purpose. I find life's fulfillment in you. I love you, I worship you, I give myself over to you, and my heart's search for life. You alone are the life, and you have become my life. I renounce all other gods, every idol. I give to you, God, the place in my heart and in my life that you truly deserve. O oh God, author of life, you are the author on one of your books. Please write the sentences paragraphs, pages, and chapters of my life story and help me to see that these events are more about you and your kingdom story than about me. You are the hero of my story, not me. And I belong to you. In my life, Lord, glorify your name. Amen. There's something that's been happening to me and I can't quite regulate it. Um, sometimes I wish as a man I could because in public I am reduced to tears a lot as I pray. And I think that tears are washing the windows of my soul. And <clears throat> it's just the way that the Spirit of God constricts everything inside of me. I can't predict what you will feel or what will take place as you pray. The challenge of taking up a daily prayer in a written form is, especially if you are going to do it every day, as I have for the last five months, is to make sure you don't wander as you read. Uh, you're going to want to pray. And so as your mind starts to wander and you find yourself reading, instead of praying, you stop and go back and make sure your heart uh, begins to be aligned and in tune so that you can pray. 
So on the screen is kind of the, the focus of this entire four-session challenge that we're entering into together. Uh, if you'll go to the next slide for me. It's not praying the right words that makes prayer work, but learning how to pray in such a way that we connect with and align ourselves in God's life, kingdom, and authority. So that's what this whole effort is all about, to give you some tools to help you uh, to connect with and align in God's life, kingdom, and authority. Because that is where the power of prayer is at. Um, so I found it helpful um, to jump out of kindergartenish, same routine, same words, same prayer requests, kind of kingdom of me centered, praying, uh, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want that, into a more, a, 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 prayers more like the apostles, prayers more like Jesus, and I hope that it's a help to you. Our title today specifically in prayer challenge is Get Ready. Get Ready. Excuse me. Our focus today reads, when you pray to God regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. Okay, let's, let's kind of read that together out loud. Would you read that with me? When you pray to God regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. I've been experiencing this, and I want you to experience it too. I want you to start to feel like, oh my, this life is not life alone. I'm walking with God, and this is kind of exciting. So let's go to point number one. If you're the kind of person that likes to write some things down, point number one has a couple of blanks, and here are the blanks for you. Some prayers work and some don't. Now, that maybe sounds surprising for a preacher to say, some prayers work and some don't. Uh, you might have always assumed that every prayer works, but um, there are, I, I'm not going to go into all the lists and lists of scriptures where God refuses to hear prayers because there's a bunch of them. I refuse to hear your prayer because of this. I refuse. I don't even want to listen because of this. And there's a hypocrisy and I don't want to listen. There's a lot of praying out there that's not connected and not aligned with God. And God says it's, it just doesn't work. Now, it shouldn't surprise us that there are prayer, prayer programs that don't work because when you think about it, I mean, it's just intuitive. I mean, after all, we know that there are some diets that work and some diets that don't, right? We know that there's some investments that work and some investments that don't. We know that there are some exercise programs that work and some exercise programs that don't. And so we want to be a part of a prayer program, a part of a praying process that works. I mean, talk about exercise. I'm really thinking about upping my game, adding a few more laps from the couch to the refrigerator. And uh, if I add more laps from the couch to the refrigerator and maybe work through the cycle on the remote a little bit more before each lap, I mean, maybe my exercise will work better, right? My program? I mean, we, you, you get the point that, that there are programs that work as it relates to exercise, and there are programs that don't, whether it's exercise or diet. 
And I think that some of us are, and I was, in some routines of prayer, and I'll call them ruts, that were not very powerful. Uh, God was still at work, and God was still listening. I wasn't outside to the degree that he was at that place where he's kind of saying, I refuse to listen to that. That's not where I was. But I don't think I was learning how to enter in in alignment to the degree where it really, really works powerfully. Let's just go to point number two now, and this is praying regularly works. So we've started the focus about regular prayer. We'll make irregular things happen more regularly. Uh, That's part of the routine that works, not praying when you really are down, praying when you really need something, praying when everything's going all bad and finally you pray. No, 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 no. Entering into a regularity of prayer. And so we're going to learn from the Bible that this is something that really works, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 10 today. So we're going to begin on the screen with two verses, and then we'll actually open up the Bible together as we're going to read a lengthy section together. So at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. That's not a restaurant. Uh, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Now, you need to understand that this this guy was not the normal guy to be receiving the blessings of God. He's outside of Israel. He's not a Jew. He's actually the enemy of Israel. He's a Roman soldier. He is not a believer in Jesus Christ. He's not a follower. He's not a Christian. But he was seeking God with regularity. And heaven took note. That's really, really important for each one of us because I have no idea where any of you are coming from, whether you're feeling antagonistic towards a church because of a bad experience in the past, whether you're not sure you believe about Jesus, where you are and you're just trying to seek. Well, if you seek and if you knock and if you keep seeking and knocking and asking, Jesus says you will find. And this is a prime example of that being so true. He is not the typical guy you'd expect for the kind of thing to happen that happens. Um, So on the next screen, here's a little quote. It's similar to our focus. When you make regular prayer your ordinary, ordinary routine, God adds the extra to your ordinary to shape your life in extraordinary ways. Okay? And this is precisely what we read taking place in Acts chapter 10. So if you don't mind, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. If you didn't bring a Bible, grab the chair Bible in front of you. And if you don't own a Bible that's easy to read, we invite you to keep this Bible, put your name in it, allow this to become your friend, learn and learn and learn from it. We're going to be on page 766 in that prayer Bible as we continue the story in Acts chapter 10. It is a remarkable story. Some people call it uh, the third Pentecost. There's the chapter 2 Pentecost where the Spirit comes upon the church for the first time. Then there in chapter 8, that's when Samaria, which is a half-breed tribe, sort of following God but not in a Jewish way, they're exposed to the gospel and they experience a, a second kind of Pentecost. And then in this chapter, the Gentiles, non-Jews, starting with Cornelius, received the Spirit of God in a third wave of the Spirit, just to God's stamp of approval to say, my kingdom includes them too. My kingdom includes them too. 
my kingdom includes them too. So if you feel like you're far, far from God and you can't enter in, let this story be a reminder that he wants you to be included too. So as we read on, prayer, praying regularly works. We saw that in verse 2, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. By the way, God-fearing was kind of a, a label for Gentiles who wanted to follow Judaism. That was, that was a label for them. They were God-fearing. They were God-revering. They were not pagan in the sense they were serving all the idols and all the other gods. They were trying to serve the God of Israel, and so they were labeled God-fearers. So he's a devout and God-fearing Gentile. He gave generously to those in need, which... I assume, included his enemies, the Jews, and they knew about it because he wanted to learn more about their God and he prayed regularly. Let's continue reading. It's a lengthy section, so I, if you are a visual learner, you want to turn to that page in the Bible. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Now let's pause a moment. We're going to see line up two different revelations of God. We're going to see a, a supernatural synchronicity. That's a big for, this is more than coincidence. <laughs> this is big for, hey, this is, this is me, hello. And in Cornelius' case, he does not have the Spirit of God residing in him, so he cannot hear the voice of God. In Peter's case, we're going to read later, he hears the voice of God, and they're both in prayer, and God is going to take and supernaturally synchronize some events to bring about this marvelous work of God, and that's what we're reading about here. So immediately he enters into his habit, his routine, and something extraordinary takes place right in the middle of this habit where it's been routine for days and days and days and months and months and maybe years and years where nothing extraordinary, nothing supernatural that he can point to is taking place. But all of a sudden now, right before his eyes, there's an angel that his eyes are opened and he sees behind the veil a kingdom that he knew nothing about. Okay? Uh, there's a kingdom that we can't see. There's a reality that we can't see that occasionally we get glimpses of or learn about. Cornelius, verse 4, stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. This is the Peter we all know about, the, one of the twelve. Uh, this is after Jesus' resurrection. And now God is putting the pieces together to bring about this third wave of the Spirit to let all the Gentiles know that my stamp of approval is on the Gentiles too as long as they come in alignment and in sync with me. Verse 7, When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. This is a very specific revelation, okay? I want you to send for Peter. He's at such and such a house, and exactly where, and so he sends a delegation. Verse 9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, now here's this divine synchronicity, 
Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opening, heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. See, what the problem is, is Peter's Jewish, and all the animals he's seeing are the non-kosher animals that the Jewish law forbade him to eat, and now a voice is saying, eat. And so he says, surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Okay, do you see the, the supernatural synchronicity taking place here? There's like no mistaking. Hello, Peter, this is me. Pay attention now. I'm putting all the details together. You need to get this. There's people outside your door, and this is part of what this vision was all about. Simon, three men are looking for you. Verse 20, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. You need to understand, already Peter is getting what the vision that he had meant. No Jew would invite Roman soldiers and Roman Gentiles into their home. That was just outside of their normative behavior. That would be defiling their home. Now he's not only inviting them into their home, he's, he gets it. God says, eat this. What I call pure is not unclean in the vision. And so he's saying, go with these people. This is something I'm doing. Oh. Verse 24. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Now there's a built-in church service ready to go. He's got all his people here. Well, I've sent for a guy, and God said to send for this guy. He's on his way. They're going to come with this guy. Come gather. Let's, let's see what God is going to do here. He has no idea. As Peter entered the house, already also breaking Jewish normative tradition and practice, He's entering into a heathen home. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? 
Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. All right. So I mentioned that five months ago, I began this daily prayer routine of, of mine that I don't know where it's going yet. I keep editing, and I don't necessarily, I'm not saying I'm committed to the rest of my life to pray a da- daily read prayer, but it is moving me and powerful right now. Seven months ago, so two months previous to me starting that, I had already started a, a kind of a new practice on my phone. I added my to-do list And this time I I made one of my to-do lists. I called it Big Specific Prayers. And so I have this list of big specific prayers that seven months ago I began to pray every day. And so I'd go to my list of big specific prayers. Well, um, not too long ago, March I think it was, um, I had uh, somebody from our church wanted to set up an appointment with me with two other individuals And I had a feeling I knew what it was about. And when I gathered for that appointment with the three individuals that came to my office, they confirmed that what I thought it was about was what it was about. So I had been praying all of these months, every day, God, we need... We need to start a recovery group in our church. We've got so many people coming out of the recovery movement. We need a Christ-centered recovery group that gives them a bridge, that helps them to connect with you and and gain some some strength and power and and, uh, life in you. God, help us start a recovery group. Now, you understand, for a recovery group to be a Christ-centered recovery group that is very powerful, it needs to be started by somebody that's had Christ be the answer to their recovery. And so three individuals, God had already supernaturally synchronized to set up an appointment with me, and they began to tell their story. And I pulled out my phone, and I opened up my big specific prayer list, and I showed them, I said, see right here? I've been praying since August. You are the answer to my prayer. And you should have, you should have been there, just woo. They just sense like, yeah, God's on the move. That was a confirmation to them, a confirmation to me. At the end of this month, the three of them are going to a training to learn how to get our Christ Center Recovery Group started here. This is the kind of thing that we saw in the movement of God in the book of Acts. This is the kind of thing that we see in every movement of God. God moves when we prepare. God moves when we are praying, and then he pulls the supernatural synchronicity in such a way that he gets all the glory. I can't wait for the day when we're not worried about how big we're getting. We start tracking how whole communities are transformed in our valley. 
I can't wait for the day when God is so honored because everybody is talking about what God is doing in the Verde Valley, that broken families are coming together, broken marriages are coming together, people are getting set free from their drug addictions because Christ is powerful and real. It's going to take a church that is going to accept a prayer challenge if we're going to see a move of God because God uses supernatural synchronicity when you enter into the ordinary routine of prayer and he adds, adds the extra and now we see the extraordinary and the name and reputation of Jesus Christ is magnified. That is what we're about to see. Point number three on your outline reads, effective prayer is aligned and connected prayer. I've already said it earlier, but this says it clearly. I'm giving you some words to get you into prayer with regularity. It's not the importance of the words, but you'll notice that the way the wording is stated, it elevates you from kindergartenish. I want this, I want that, I want this prayers to aligning with the kingdom of God and aligning with the move of God and connecting in the power of God. It has elevated my thinking in ways I've never thought before because it's mind-blowing. My mind can't quite hang on to how I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me and I'm seated with Christ right now in the heavenly kingdom which I cannot see. And praying in the reality of a spiritual kingdom that we cannot see and with authority that is the victorious authority of Jesus Christ. This prayer will get you to pray that over and over and over again in such a way that it starts to sink into your psyche and you begin to pray with more power and more conviction and more alignment, with more connection and you're going to start to see some synchronicities that are supernatural. So that's my challenge to you. On the screen, I want you to just silently read this prayer, and then in a moment, I want us to stand and pray it, just to see if you want to accept this challenge. On the screen, here it is. Just silently read that so that you know what it is you're praying. I'd love for you to want to pray that. Let's stand together. If you wouldn't mind praying that, asking God for what that prayer is asking, let's pray it out loud together. Ready? Dear God, thank you for desiring a relationship with me personally and sending your son Jesus to love me back to yourself. I want to know you better. Thank you for making intimate prayer possible for me to talk to you directly. I want to accept this prayer challenge and learn how to align with you and walk with you. I need you. Help me and teach me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to have a prayer team to the right um, for you. If you have anything you want to pray about, anything going on in your life, you invite you to go right to the prayer team to the right. Also, there is digital files on Facebook going on right after our third service today and digital files going on 
the same page as our sermon, this sermon that I just preached, when that goes up online on about Wednesday or so, there'll be a file there if you want to grab the digital file for the prayer. Meanwhile, in addition to the prayer, this is a 20-page packet, by the way. The prayer is about four pages. There is something else in here, too, to look at. Walk across the hallway. This packet is available to you in the information booth area if you want one. Thank you for joining us today. See you next week for, the title is really a unique one. It's called Pray. All right, see you next week for Pray.